0: Okay, so I've started the recording. Rosh uh, asked me to tell our non-existent viewers that he already misses them and he's sorry that he couldn't make it this week. But we're going to be joined by Karolina instead. And yes, Carolina, why don't you introduce us to yourself?
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Karolina and I come from Poland, but I study in Rome. I study medicine in Rome in English and I'm currently in my fifth year. However, actually, this year is this um, only year where I decided I want to go for Erasmus. So I'm doing this Erasmus exchange program for one year in Bonn, Germany, and I'm studying medicine in German there. And then my plan is to return for sixth year to Rome and continue, um, do my last year of medicine
0: in English. I did not realize you were doing classes in German.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's quite a challenge, to be honest, because... <clears throat> yeah there's no I don't think there are any programs in Germany that have medicine in English okay. so I think all of the medical schools only offer, offer the program in German and it's it's quite a challenge uh, especially since I mean my I have a certificate in German but it was done a while ago and I'm not as good in German as I am in English so it's definitely a bigger challenge for me and it's another just my third language so again I'm not very Let's well, say with Italian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's um quite a challenge, exactly. I would say that it's 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 definitely
0: a challenge. <laughs> but um so like studying medicine in general is very challenging and complex. Do you think like adding German to it makes it harder? Or like what's it's your experience theory. doing something hard and then adding hardness to it? Do you know what I definitely. mean?
1: Yeah, definitely. No, I, I think i <laughs> I maybe I'm a person that likes challenges in general I think uh, that's how I would kind of describe myself because I kind of like being out of my comfort zone and just trying to let's say sort of broaden my horizons so basically I thought okay I'm I'm Thinking about maybe potentially going to Germany later on in my career, maybe for residency, and I wanted to see how it is like firsthand. So I decided, okay, I'm going to try and do it. I will see, and I'm pretty sure that I will also become better in German once I'm there and once I actually yeah, of course. (laughs) So yeah, it's quite hard. Definitely. The beginning, the first, especially the first uh, two weeks and maybe even the first month was very, very hard. I didn't understand a lot of words and the classes were (laughs) very, let's say, I, I didn't understand most of the things even, I would say. And then I just slowly tried to translate the things that I didn't know. And uh, it got better and better. So I have to say now that I feel quite OK with it. It's still not not that I don't understand everything in the classes sometimes, but then I just work, um, let's say, usually each person might work, let's say, one hour out of a classroom to prepare for each lecture. And I work, let's say, three hours. So it's just oh more. Oh, my
0: God. OK, but I guess you're learning the material really well because you see it in German, then you see it to mm-hmm. translate it and then you see it again. In yeah, like English.
1: yeah, yeah, kind of sticks. Yeah, I try to actually. So what I do is I try to translate as little as possible, and then I. So I only translate the words that I really need to understand to also get the concepts. Uh, but uh, yeah, I try to learn everything in German right away. And also, if I do translate, I translate it to English, not Polish, because I don't also I don't know medicine in Polish, <laughs> so I feel more <laughs> comfortable with English.
0: Okay. You know? It's, it's funny that you say that you don't like translate every word because uh, I was reading about like how language acquisition happens, like how people actually learn language. And it was saying that uh, it's actually much more effective to learn things like contextually, like if you see a word that you don't understand, instead of like stopping and looking at a dictionary, if you just try to like take a note of it and then the next time you see it somewhere, like the connection that happens is much stronger and you learn it from like the context. And apparently like that's way more effective for language learning. Like when you're reading a book, you don't stop at every word that you don't understand. You just wait till you see that word again. And apparently that like causes synapses to fire harder because it's like contextual or I don't know but oh yeah yeah. no
1: I also noticed this because sometimes I would just not understand some words and then I would just kind of write them down to look them up later and then maybe I would forget to look them up and then I would just hear them again and kind of from the context I would understand what they meant what they mean so yeah I try not to do it in general okay yeah and sometimes we were talking for example about some words are also very similar to English, which is luckily, I'm, I'm very lucky in that, let's say, because this um, language has many similarities. But then some things that I expected to be similar are not. And then I would just oh not no. understand. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had I would have to look up in the dictionary. These words are necessary. But yeah, I try to do it as little as possible to kind of understand the concepts already in German. Also because the exams are in German. And uh, yeah, I really want to learn the language. So... I try to do that
0: are um, the exams I- oral
1: uh, the exams are written they're multiple okay. choice so yes it's it's quite okay i mean i'm i'm happy that they're not oral because i think it would be way harder for me to do them <laughs> <laughs> in that way in german but uh it's still i heard that in some um, medical schools they allow the erasmus students to bring a dictionary to okay. the so if they need that. I don't think they do it in our medical school. But for some, yeah, some medical schools allow the Erasmus students to even bring dictionaries with them for translation. But uh, yeah, I don't know, I will try to prepare as well as possible. And if we don't have a dictionary, then oh, well, <laughs> I'll try
0: my <laughs> Uh, so it's actually funny, because in the last episode, Rosh and I were talking about oral exams and like the advantages and disadvantages. Now that you've actually sat like uh, both at a very high level, like it's not like, you know, just a 15 minute language exam or a 15. Um, like, how would you compare the experience of having to do the written exams in Germany? I know it's harder to compare because they're in a different language than you're familiar with. But like, how would you compare the oral exams, to the written exams? I mean, actually, uh, because all of my exams, again, will be also
1: in February, so I haven't actually sat any oh, exams okay. yet. So yeah. I can't really speak from experience. But in general, maybe from the classes, I um, I mean, I, yeah, again, I think oral exams have a lot of advantages and disadvantages, as you mentioned. The a big advantage, I think, for me, is that you really have to understand the concepts and you can show it off while... That's what I said! <laughs> yeah, and for... Uh, written exams sometimes it's like you might just learn sort of the basics or just kind of, um, of course, and you can also try and uh, kind of just circle an answer and you're not even sure if it's the right one. And um, I actually prefer written exams in the sense that I feel less stressed because I don't feel this, um, I don't know, I feel just more comfortable and I can take my time to think about what I want to write or what I want to circle the, on the test. But uh, it's true that I think the oral exams test your actual knowledge and logical reasoning better, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, because the the way I said it last week is that basically you can't really explain a concept to someone if you don't understand it really well. And like Mm -hmm. this is also referred to as the Feynman technique when it comes to learning and studying. And like uh, so this is actually a very common like hack to learn better is like to see if you can explain it to a five year old. And I feel like that's what oral exams are testing. Like if you can't explain it to a professor who's an expert, like how are you gonna explain it to a patient? So to me, like oral exams are the best way to assess someone's knowledge. It's just unfortunate because of how subjective they are. Like in a written exam, it's like documented evidence. Like you can, you know, but-
1: Yes, I agree, I agree. I didn't even know that it's called this, uh, there's this
0: technique, there's a name for that. Uh, Uh, Let me just double check. But I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's called the Feynman technique. It comes yeah. from the famous uh, scientist Richard Feynman.
1: Hmm. But yeah, I didn't. I, I, it's actually very true. I think uh, this really checks our understand our understanding, and maybe and the, these written exams, there are multiple choice. And um, from what I heard, uh, also in Italy, you know, many concepts we need to learn really in depth like really, really in depth. And here, from what I understood from the classes and in general, from what I heard from the students is that you basically have to have more of a general idea about everything. So it's not as, um, there's not so much theory. Um, So yeah, this is a big difference. And also I noticed this in class.
0: So So. here, uh, this is like the learning technique. It says step one, write the concept on the top of a piece of paper. And then it mm-hmm. says, step two, write down an explanation using plain English. Pretend you are teaching it to a child. And it should highlight what you understand, but it pinpoints what you don't quite know. And then for number three, you're like meant to go back to what you weren't able to explain. And then you relearn it and then you reteach it. So that's it's basically uh, the Feynman technique that's used for learning. And apparently, like he he himself said that, like, if you can't explain it to a child, you don't really understand it yourself. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, so I did notice that in oral exams, but also like the other thing that I also said is that the way uh, learning happens and the way we understand things, like if you have a written question in front of you, um, it can serve as a, sorry, I can't think of the word now, like a hint, like the question (laughs) and the answers can actually create a sense of familiarity. So it's actually easier for you to, Guess the right question, even if you don't know it. Whereas in an oral exam, you have no such hint because you're just given a topic and you have to talk about it. You don't have any sort of like uh do you know what I mean? You know what I'm yes, saying, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh I basically this
1: was I think also the hardest part for me because also in high school or in general, in my <laughs> in my middle school and elementary school, I never had oral exams from subjects other than languages. So okay, it was yeah. a big shock to me. I just only had oral exams in English um uh, German, Polish so these languages and then um, yeah we never had an oral exam oral exam for example in chemistry. And this was a very, yeah, very big shock when I started studying in Italy. And uh, I was used to this being, seeing these familiar names or or something in the questions and then just being able to kind of come up with the answer Exactly. And then in oral exams, you're just given a topic, just that, and you're supposed to do a full-on presentation about the topic. Yeah. It's very different. It's very different. Yeah. I I mean,
0: like, I'm not saying that okay so i if i remember my my point correctly it was it was basically that like i think it is the most effective way to do it it doesn't mean that i prefer it like Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. i mean i i don't really like the idea of doing it in front of everyone like that part really throws me off
1: yeah i agree i also don't like i mean there are many things i think are it's again it's advantages and disadvantages like i also don't like the part that everyone can listen and I, it kind of stresses me more because I know that I'm in public and many people can watch and hear what I'm saying. Uh, and also maybe that it's very subjective, as you said, and also that the topics also vary, vary sometimes. So some people get these topics, other people get different topics, and it's always maybe not, um, maybe other people might get more lucky than you. So again, it's mm, there are many yeah it's very different i would say than written exams you know in a written exam everyone has the same thing all the questions and again also i think the written exams have this advantage that they can really um, they can ask you for example many questions on different topics so this mm. kind of also checks your knowledge in that sense so mm-hmm. let's say here I know um, about that yeah yeah so let's say in, um Italy, for example, you might just get asked one question from anatomy and actually don't know if the person knows, for example, you get asked, I don't know, muscles of the hand, but you don't know if this person knows, uh, I don't know, muscles of the leg or the foot or something. So, you know, it's, um, let's say in this sense, also these written exams are more broad, but maybe not as in depth sometimes
0: yeah yeah no no, no it, it makes sense i I, I never what... actually thought about that yeah okay so now yeah there are many advantages mm-hmm. sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but i just also remembered that you also briefly went to medical school in poland before you decided italy was going to be the better option um so now that you've been to three medical schools in three different countries like how would you compare the experience in each of them like i know that's a really broad and big question but like i'm just really curious to like hear your take on every part of it
1: yeah yeah that's uh, actually a good question Uh, so i yeah i briefly studied in poland because uh until i got into italy Medical school in Poland started, so I was I knew that I got into the medical school in Poland, so I just decided to start it just in case I didn't get into Italy, and uh, yeah, I started um, studying here, and it was in Polish, and um, it was nice because medical school in Poland is free for, uh, I mean, free if you want to study in Polish, so I decided, okay, I'm just gonna try and it was okay but i actually really enjoyed the people that were in my group uh we were divided the in general there are many many people in the year maybe i mean in our year we had maybe like a few hundred people but we were divided the entire year was divided into smaller groups and my group was really amazing i really loved the people some professors were also really good but uh i think that in general it was very stressful and i didn't enjoy the fact that we just had, uh, we were thrown material, like materials basically thrown at us and we were just uh, by ourselves, trying to learn everything and we were expected to know everything at the time we entered c- the class so basically every time we entered anatomy we already were tested and the amount of tests that we passed at the beginning of each class determined later if we can take a different test and if we can pass the subject actually so it was very stressful every time I went into anatomy I was just stressed if I'm going to pass this exam or not and uh, basically we we're tr- just preparing at home and then we were tested on our no- knowledge at university which i didn't enjoy so much because i was like why do i even need this university if i am just studying at home and everything i'm studying is just being taught by myself at home and i'm just tested by the university so this was a big disadvantage there were advantages i have to say and maybe also uh, the first year or the first month was like this it was only a month so maybe it was just that but yeah, then later on, once I got into Italy and I saw that, okay, you have many chances to take an exam and it's actually, you know, the curriculum, I mean, you don't have these tests during every time you get, go into anatomy and you don't have to stress all the time. <laughs> I just thought, okay, maybe it's a better option for me because um, I think it's more something that I, I like these chances that you have many chances. And if something happens, if you're sick or something else occurs, you can just repeat an exam it's not a problem yeah so I just decided okay maybe I'll try it to study in Italy and if it this fails I will just maybe go back to Poland and start it over but I liked Italy and I stayed <laughs> so somehow it went okay the first year in general I might say maybe I wasn't enjoying the whole program so much like I didn't really maybe basic sciences I thought okay I'm not so into that So I didn't really enjoy it so much but later on I I liked the people there and I was just like okay I will stay and now I really enjoy it actually the subjects that we study
0: I mean it has gotten more clinical now so it's like I think the the first few years are really hard because it's hard to keep in mind that you're doing medicine when you're like just doing physics and biology and chemistry and um, yeah
1: I don't know how it was it for you. Did you also feel like, or
0: no? Did you feel like this? Or I not? mean, I, I I don't know if you remember, but I hated, I hated Sapienza and everything in first and second year. Um, yeah. I super I super disliked it. I hated everything, and as time passed on, I realized that it wasn't actually a Sapienza thing. Like a part of it was a really bad attitude problem which like obviously I fully recognize now that I was just being a piece of shit basically I was just being an asshole Um, but I didn't like Italy at all when I first moved here because I came from a system where everything was like scheduled for me like I knew I had to go to class I had homework to do I knew what was due on what day and then when I came to Italy and it was just basically we don't care what you do but you have to sit your exams. Like I found it very difficult to be motivated to sit exams on time. Cause it was very like, oh, I'll just sit at next date. Like I'll just, whatever. And I got super lazy and I fell behind and it was like, you know, the greatest uh, redemption arc in history, me trying to catch up with my exams. <laughs> but yeah. you very well anyways.
1: You're doing very well, I think.
0: I mean, very I well. sat two and a half years of medical school in one year. <laughs> so yeah. like, like I so- think- uh, I think last September, mm-hmm. not this one that I just passed. I had half of my second year exams, all of my third year exams and starting fourth year. And now I just have like half the semester of fourth year or something. I can't remember, but it's just.
1: Well, wow, yeah, great. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's great. See, but like it's, the good thing is that um, it also has its dangers because you can fall back really easily. Also, in the beginning, I also, no, I, I also was behind and I still like find myself behind sometimes. But uh, in general, it's, yeah, I liked the fact that you can kind of retake them, but it is dangerous because there's no, no one who motivates you, no one who tells you, oh, you have to do this or you have to take this do this homework right now no there's it's true that the consequence there's almost no consequences so (laughs) it's like you're responsible for yourself so this was a big shock to me as well at the beginning especially
0: no this, this was hard like i i tried to think of all the advantages of it where you can like schedule your summer holidays and that would be so nice because you can like finish your exams early and enjoy your summer but i would say that like i suffered more than gained from it and like i'm not i i have learned to love medical school but like i would say that i'm kind of upset with how my experience of it went like i was kind of expecting it to be some of the best years of my life and i feel like i just felt like so awful about myself for being so behind for so long like i felt miserable and crappy about myself because i was so behind for such a length of time and even now i'm like struggling to catch up and you know it was very difficult talking to my friends going on Tirocinio, but because Mm -hmm. i haven't caught up i couldn't and like it really and like i can never do erasmus like because Mm -hmm. i was so behind and like i just feel like i missed out so much because i know i get it was like my own problem like it's it was my own fault but you know what i mean like it was just Mm -hmm. very
1: yeah but actually, I think you actually could do Erasmus if you still want to, even if you're forty the course, I think you can do it, by the way. But anyways, but, you know, I mean, it's I think it's possible, but I know that basically you probably want to focus more on catching up from what I understand now or not.
0: I mean, yeah, but also it's just because it's because of the ranking when you're behind, like you can't really rank um. for
1: maybe maybe yeah, uh, because it's might it might affect i i'm not sure exactly because i i saw that people applied to our 40 Corsa, but i'm not sure if they got in uh the, yeah the people who study longer i'm not sure if they i don't know exactly uh, i wasn't really focused on other people when i was ranked so i just wanted to know if i got in or not <laughs> yeah so that was also um yeah that i don't know about but yeah i feel i understand why you might feel like uh, let's say oh you feel bad because it's your you basically like you feel that you're responsible for this right and you it's like know, a feeling of guilt yeah and maybe guilty but I mean it's I see that you're very, working so hard right now so I really I think it's amazing and yeah. I think maybe kind of journey it, it did I think it did do well anyways like look you're working really hard right now and you're having like you're starting as you said maybe that you're enjoying the journey
0: now no yeah sure of course like I I'm not saying that I don't enjoy where I am now but Mm -hmm. like I just think back to like okay not to be dramatic but like all the times I was like super depressed like emo depressed and I was like crying myself to sleep being like why am I such a piece of shit like I'm meant to be a medical student like why can't I just study like why am I so behind on exams like this is so like you know I was so ashamed of it also because like everyone just expects so much of you when you're a medical student like they expect you to be amazing and you know and then like it was so hard to be like well actually I'm like super behind because then it's almost like as if you don't deserve it. So like I created this complex in my head that I didn't deserve to study medicine and I was too dumb obviously because I was so behind and like sure things are going well now, Mm -hmm. um, but like thinking up to it now, like I was miserable, like (laughs) super miserable. And I I think it's the same for a lot of medical students. Like like we have- Yeah, I thought that, okay, like I, I actually really
1: compared myself for a long time, I compared myself to others. Yeah. And I found this to be a very bad thing, especially also now I'm like, I'm on my own, doing my own thing. Like I just try not to look at that. I also, I also decided that um, at one point I thought, okay, I should have good grades, but then I just stopped really, I want good grades, of course. It's nice if you get your kind of your work recognized uh, by exams and you get these good grades at the exams. But then I thought, okay, actually I don't really need it also because I know that, uh, I hope to maybe later go to um, Germany for my specialty. And I know that for a fact, the grades don't matter there. Maybe more if I wanted to stay in Italy, I know there's some extra points if you have a good grade and good grades in medical school. But uh, yeah, I just thought, okay, I don't care if let's say these people get a 30 in this exam, I don't get a 30, it's okay, like, you know, it's fine. and maybe I just it happened so and it's for a reason but I have to keep going and I just I know my goal is to be a doctor and I want to be a good doctor and I studied a lot and I'm sure I'm confident in my knowledge and what I learned and then yes maybe these people just happen to have, have a better grade but I'm studying for me myself and for my future patients so that's my kind of approach right now so that's why I try to but yeah it was hard because at the at some point I was like, oh, I'm never gonna be as good as these people, or oh, I'm have a worse average than these people. I will never go to Erasmus and this type of stuff. So like it was very bad for a while for me too.
0: I mean, this is kind of a thing that I hate about medicine is that it is really competitive. Like I mm-hmm. I like I said before that I feel we got very lucky with our classmates. Like I really like our classmates. We do collaborate a lot better, especially compared to other years. Um, which I do really enjoy, but I do find like medicine in general is so competitive. Like it's always, it's not just enough that, like, I don't know, Do you get what I mean? Like, it's just, everyone is constantly comparing themselves to others. And I think the system, like especially our medical system forces it, like being able to do certain internships where you're allowed to write your thesis, like going on Erasmus, how many, like the fees, the level of fees you play you pay like the system creates you to be competitive exactly
1: i think it's also not even only maybe yes sometimes it's like an intrinsic thing like that we only like medical students are ambitious but i think also like you said the system kind of sets us up to do it because to get a spot to work in the library they they rank you by your average so they try to kind of put you against each other to, like based on your grades
0: No, it's, it's true because like, when I think about it, I I don't really find myself as a competitive person. Like I'm very much one of those lame people, like, as long as we all have fun guys, you know, like one of those people, but like, I can't help, but even coming out of exams, not that I care what other people got, but like when other people are talking, like I judge whether I want to say my grade based on what their grade was or not. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? like I've gotten now into the habit well in the last two or three years like in first and second year I was very much like I didn't tell anyone my grade until I found out what their grade was and then like because I didn't want them to think I was stupid because obviously everything your grade is everything in Italy like your value as a student is based on your grade now I don't ask anyone what they got I just like the question I go is are you happy with how it went like I don't even ask how did it go was it good was it bad I was just I'm just like are you happy with how it went like did it go how you wanted it to and then they're free to be like yes no like I try to leave the grades out of it because I do feel even though I'm trying to actively be like I don't want to compare myself to others I think like deep down inside I still am that imperfect human that I know if they got like a super high grade and I got like a okay grade I'm gonna be like oh like I worked so hard for this exam like why am I why, why am I like this
1: yeah yeah I try to like I said I I think I'm not I don't think I'm competitive but I think I do compare my I mean I try to exactly avoid this now and I have this thinking okay I know that I'm studying for myself and I know that in the end I'll be a doctor just as anyone who has a grade average that's higher than me and lower than me as long as we pass all the exams, we're all doctors. So I just want to be the best type of version, let's say that I can be. So the try to study, but understand the topics really. So I, I try to yeah really understand them for myself and for, yeah, for exactly for people who I'm going to treat later on, because I think this is what's important in the end, because if maybe I study for the exam, but I only studied the, I don't know, let's say they ask for five topics and I only study these five topics, but I have no clue about anything else, then yes, maybe I'll get a good grade. But then what if I don't understand anything else? And then I don't know later on, maybe my knowledge will be verified at a different exam on a national level, and then this will come out. Right. So maybe I'll just suffer (laughs) with the lack of my knowledge later. So I just try to kind of study more for myself right now. Of course, I tailor my studying also to the exams, because obviously it's important to look at, let's say, the topics that come up more and so that are more important but again I try to kind of also remember that I'm studying for myself and for my patients because I think this is now yeah and the grades yeah I just think that it's I try to compare myself less this is what I'm trying to do I don't think I'm competitive but I try to compare myself less also because at one point I definitely had this imposter syndrome let's say I definitely went through that I was like how did I get accepted I was like what know. I
0: I think everyone does though like did you feel like you just got lucky in the exam like you must have guessed a few questions correctly and now you got in and also because I
1: actually I felt I don't know I felt really I also thought about it because later on um i mean i was lucky because in my high school i did this uh, the ib program and it really prepared me well for these exams and first of all for my uh, high school end of high school exams and then also for the imat so actually for purely for imat i didn't study so much and then i got in and so i thought okay it must like i was actually very lucky i thought, like i don't know i just thought okay it was luck or something that i got in and maybe i don't know i don't know how because i know that many people prepare prepare uh, for it for a very long time which is amazing and i think it's much needed but uh, again depends on what you need right so for me i had this very good preparation in high school so i didn't really need that but yeah, I just had this like I literally think I had imposter syndrome because I was like, oh, I think it was a mistake. Like, I don't know. I don't even know. But what I'm doing here at one point, I had this thing. Definitely. Yeah. So it was <laughs> it was a bit tough at times, I have to say, yeah.
0: I don't know. I, I definitely think that we are stacked to compare ourselves to each other like Mm -hmm. listen all over the world the the funny thing though like here you would almost think that it wouldn't be competitive because technically everyone in a class can get 30 here whereas Mm -hmm. in other countries things are based on a bell curve so Mm -hmm. like not everyone can get the perfect grade like they'll start dropping people's grades much lower um and we don't have that so you would think that that would lead us to being less competitive with each other i think competitive is a wrong word maybe like uh you can't really say comparative though but you, mm. yeah you know,
1: but we compare i think yeah we i think people we, we do
0: because i also like i can think of at least five people that i hate talking to okay like now now it's time to spill tea uh but there are definitely people <laughs> that i hate talking to when they come out of an exam because they like make it such a big deal to be known that they got asked such hard questions and how it was so unfair and it was like so them, but they still managed to get a 30, like shrug emoji. Um, but like, mm. you know, like they tried to make it seem like such a big deal, but like, it's not, do <laughs> like, you know? Um, or they, Or they get like, say a 26 or a 27 instead of a 30, and like, whenever they're talking to someone else, they're like, no, this exam is so hard. It's so difficult. Like just because they didn't get a perfect grade, it's almost as if like the way they talk about it to other people is to justify it themselves. Like, yeah.
1: yeah. Why they yeah, got the the grade that they got and they thought, okay, I didn't get a thirty D because it's such a hard exam. So uh, it's the same, like, yeah. Also, I heard this, like some exams that, oh, you like, this person took this exam three times, and yeah, it's so hard. And I, then I just also get anxious for some exams. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, And I think, and I think, and I compare myself, oh, if this person took it three times, then i probably also will have to take it at least twice or three times. Or yeah, again, with this IMAT thing, the entrance exam, I thought, okay, uh like some people prepared for it for so long like how did I get in if I didn't prepare for prepare myself for so long like I don't know maybe it's a mistake or something like it's just constant comparison and now I also noticed that yeah especially yeah at one point I was very much comparing myself and I felt bad about myself because I was like okay I'm not so smart and I don't have these amazing grades so i'm not gonna be i don't know i just thought oh i'm not so smart and i don't because i don't have great grades and i only thought of myself as a of a good student and a good potential doctor because of my grades like i thought of my that okay only my grades my grades my, are my only achievement and uh oh i'm not gonna be a good doctor because my grades are not so good
0: see i was kind of like i felt like i didn't deserve to study medicine like mm-hmm. i felt like uh I was a really crappy medical student and I felt guilty that I took someone else's spot because I didn't deserve it. But even at times when like, I felt like I really was academically inadequate, I kind of always still felt that I was going to be an excellent doctor because, okay. Like, I know that sounds really paradoxical, but to me, like okay, we have certain classmates, or I'll say colleagues, because even not in our year, who have excellent grades, but they're the dumbest people I've ever met in my life. Like I'm surprised they remember how to breathe. Like it's just, it's a modern miracle. I don't know how it's possible. So I started, like I'm lucky that my grades are pretty good. Like I should mm-hmm. clarify that that I do have pretty good grades, but I started caring less about grades, and I was like, I don't really care if I get a twenty-one because I still feel like I'm going to be a good doctor because I have a high level of social intelligence. I'm very empathetic and, and I have very good like clinical reasoning like I can come to logical conclusions and decision making really well so I felt like I was still going to be a good doctor regardless of my grades but I just felt like I didn't deserve to be a doctor because I was a crappy student <laughs> like I don't know if that kind of makes sense like mm,
1: okay that you don't deserve okay deserve to be a doctor because because
0: okay. I wasn't hard working I guess like sure like I'm working hard now but I felt incredibly lazy and like I never worked hard so I felt like I didn't deserve to study medicine because I didn't work hard, even though I deep down knew that if I tried, I would be a great doctor because I had good clinical reasoning and I had good empathy. And like deep down, I was like, I could be a good doctor. Like, why can I, why am I not doing it? Like, what is wrong with me? I hate myself. (laughs) But Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so for me, it was a bit different. I mean, it was like, I thought at the beginning, maybe I didn't care so much also because I didn't really enjoy the subject so much. And uh, like the first year or so but then I just was like oh maybe I'm not good enough like why am I not getting all these 30s and all these people are or just kind of yeah comparing myself and thinking oh maybe I won't be as good of a doctor or maybe oh I yeah I don't yeah deserve it to be here or just things like that so I don't know it was a bit weird <laughs> this, this period and then I just kind of decided okay I know that I will be a doctor regardless of that. And I just have to study as much as I can and study as well as I I, like to be, yeah, like I said, just as good as I can be and just try to to do that and hope for the best, (laughs) let's
0: say. Out, Out of curiosity, if you were like the dean or like the academic principal of a university, what, what would you do differently to try and stop students from comparing themselves to others? Like, what, what do you think there is something that is implementable that would help students feel less inadequate? Like,
1: yeah, this is the thing. Like, for example, in general, it's not like we said, it's not so important, these grades, especially in in Italy. But then. Yeah, when you want to apply for something, they actually you find out that they are, for example, yeah, for Erasmus or for other things, but I'm not sure how else they could. So actually in Poland, what they do, this is uh, very interesting. What they do is they take your average into account, but it's not the main factor in Italy. It is the main factor in, in Poland. They also try to see maybe if you volunteer or if you do anything extracurricular, or yes, also these certificates, language certificates, for example, for Erasmus count uh, quite a lot, uh, or um, other, just in general, student activities. So they try to kind of make it more broad and uh, not the average is not the main factor there.
0: So what's interesting is that in Sweden, Uh, my friend was telling me how the residency works. So in a lot of countries, once you graduate from medical school, everyone sits this one big standardized exam and you kind of uh, like get into possibly a specialty. The way it works in Sweden is that you have to have a CV and you apply to residencies as positions open like you would a job. And they look Mm -hmm. at like, you know, the extracurriculars you've done, like have you been to conferences? Like what, like they actually look at your work experience and not necessarily like your grades. And most universities now in the world are changing to Mm pass-fail. So I think I would change it to pass-fail, like instead of having uh, like a grade-based system to pass-fail and then maybe like having opportunities like extracurricular activities. Just because, you know, like my friend, uh, she went to Karolinska in Sweden and they do everything pass
1: Oh, that's really good.
0: And um. everything is anonymous. Like absolutely everything. Like your name does not appear anywhere, except unlike in our university where some things are based on student number, but then like there are student number lists anywhere you look. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? So they're like not really anonymous, but like the yeah. way they do it is all, all results, everything runs on student numbers like your name can never be on anything like when you're sitting exams and you can see your grade for an exam say like mm-hmm. if you want to have it reviewed but everything is pass fail like there is no grading system i don't know if that makes sense like
1: yeah that's really good i heard also that uh, that the usmle exam they're changing it to pass fail so i don't think I, that's a
0: good thing though
1: <laughs> i i don't have an opinion on that but in general i think that the pass fail system like you said for medical school just for grades this would be a good actually a good idea for exams for instead of having grades you would have pass fail i think that would be great because again this shows that okay you passed all the exams that you have to to become a doctor
0: i mean also i just think like sometimes i feel that you know because here in italy like Passing an exam is really not that good. Like getting an 18 is really not good. It's actually kind of shameful to get an 18, mm. Um, I feel. And yeah. I've been in a lot of exams where personally I really thought that the person should have failed. Like really, really. And it was like as if the professor was giving them an 18 thinking they would reject it like as a courtesy, but then they take it and they accept it and like they shouldn't have passed. So like, I think if you just raise the standard for passing but then making everything pass file like I yeah. think that would be a really good compromise because I've seen people get 18s which is really not good like I, I feel like maybe if a foreign student ever listens to this like they don't understand that like an 18 is a pass but it's really not a good pass like it's, just, it's <laughs> um,
1: yeah I remember I also like one time I was I was told like oh, the most I can give you is like a 19 or 20, but uh, if you can, please come the next time we have the exam. So yeah, they yeah. basically didn't want to really give me this grade. They were just like saying this. And I was just like, yeah, I'm coming later anyways. So I will, I will accept. This. I will, just I, I mean, I will come next time. Oh, <laughs> Sorry.
0: I, okay. I also just remembered an exam. I, I, with someone like this, is the other bad thing about uh doing exams with other people because I usually think to myself, like, when I'm doing it, oh, no one's listening to me, everyone's just cramming their own thing. Because when I'm going to oral exams, I don't listen to other people, I'm just cramming my own thing. Like, I do you know what I mean. But I just now now I just remembered that I once saw a student arguing with a professor because the professor wanted them to reject the grade, and the person was like no, I wanna take my 18. And the professor was like, but you should really like, and they were like having an argument. And I do think that the professors give 18s out of courtesies when they really should be failing people. So I think just raising the standard and making everything pass fail like it might Mm -hmm. be. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. And also I know
1: that, yeah, in Germany, actually also what I liked is that they, when you apply for residency, you apply like for a job. So you apply with your CV. Also
0: oh, so
1: they don't have an exam either? No, no, they don't have an exam. Uh, I mean, they, they have this exam <laughs> earlier in medical school, but for, uh, I mean, I'm, as a foreign doctor, I would not take this uh, particular exam. So I know that there's only an exam to take for uh, a language exam that I have to pass and uh, another one that's basically a German medicine, uh, like medical, let's say, vocabulary in German. So I have to know that but uh, basically the way you apply to hospitals is based on your CV and your work experience. And uh, yeah, this is the most important thing. So again, I like this fact that they can, and sometimes for example, what people do, cause they're sixth year. Uh, so last year in medical school in Germany is based on a, it's just practice and you have to do a few months of practice in surgery and in internal medicine. And I think that, I don't remember what was maybe family medicine, but I remember it's divided into different parts. And basically you can do it in different areas. So very often students pick different areas and then they later on apply for residency in these different hospitals mm. because they the hospitals already know them. So they know, know their work ethic and everything. So they just apply there because it's uh, they kind of could prove themselves during the practice.
0: I feel like yeah. that, that wouldn't really work here though why just because I think of the sheer number of students in every university and there is definitely not that many residency spots like I think if you think about it like I think Sapienza has like 700 medical graduates a year just yeah, Sapienza and it mm. definitely does not have 700 residency spots
1: mm. Yeah, that's true. No, for sure. You're right. Yeah, there's so many students that graduate and not many residency spots.
0: So I I don't know. Like, I kind of do like the idea of, I mean, also basically because, you know, you're so active in everything you do. Like every time I check your Instagram, you've like done like some other conference or some other presentation or some, like it's, it's so incredible to me that you're like so active in everything you do. But it's crazy that like, say you were an italian student that wouldn't help you with anything
1: yeah no it doesn't help me with anything actually i didn't i started doing this just because i liked it not because i
0: needed no, I it. <laughs> <Just kidding.
1: laughs> because i thought it just it's just fun um but because also even in high school i really like to go to debates or i participated in like model united nations debates and conferences I always like this type of stuff. So um, then I just started taking part in these students, uh, medical student conferences. And then I thought, okay, if I actually don't apply to Italy later after medical school, then I do need to build my CV. So this is useful for my CV actually. And yeah, but in Italy, it would not help me at all. In Italy, this is, no one cares if I do anything or not. So- Because
0: again, they only put value on your- grades yeah like i know like it's not grades in the for the residency it's one exam but chances are if you've been collecting like 30 loads in like every single exam when you sit the residency exam you're probably going to like you know what i mean like very well
1: yeah they also have a few extra points if you have good grades uh there are not very not many but a, a few if and they count your average and the Uh, So like maybe I don't know how many points for this, but anyways, there's like maybe two points if you have a great average and like a few points if you graduate with a good grade and then something else that they count. I don't remember what else, but there are a few things that they count. But again, these are, let's say, maybe seven points total out of like a 100 and something. I don't remember how many points this test has, but like it's a very small part. But still, I guess maybe, you know, it's maybe later on, I know, for example, for the IMAT day, even these, uh, like the, the grades counted to every, basically every point counted there, because, you know, sometimes you just, even the grade differs by point, point one, and then it's a big deal because someone gets in and you don't, so maybe it's yeah. the same with this test. I, I don't are know, you, maybe.
0: Are you considering sitting the USMLE? Like, do you, are you considering going to the US?
1: No, I don't think I I will. At this point, I don't think I'm going to do it. I'm, yeah, for now it's a no. (laughs) What about you?
0: I can't afford to because I look into the application process and not even buying the preparation materials. It's like 10,000 euro to apply.
1: It's very expensive. It's very expensive. And you're not even sure if you will get in because, I mean, Of course, I heard of successful applicants that are international medical graduates, but it's really hard and you have to prove yourself that you're good enough if you're international. And also, it's very, very, very expensive. Not only you have to pay for these tests and preparation materials, which are so expensive, and uh, also you have to do interviews there. I mean, now I don't know with Corona, maybe you can do them online, but let's say you Previously, you would have to fly to all these places that you apply for. And also, I think from what I remember, you have to have experience working there.
0: You have to do clinical rotations, which for IMGs are profit-based. There are companies that organize your internships there. So it's not even like you can write to a hospital and be like, hi, can I come and intern with you? No, you have to like pay a private company who then tries to organize a rotation in some hospital somewhere. Like... The the whole system is, like, so extortionist. like
1: Yeah, you have to pay to do it regardless. I even saw that if you want to do it, kind of maybe organize it by yourself, you would still have to pay regardless for this, just to practice, the, just to do, let's say, an experience, I don't know, an, um, how do you call it, elective, maybe, or something there. But then, apart from that, you also have to pay for your accommodation, your, like, flying, so to, you know, fly there and everything. So it gets to a big sum, like the whole, yeah, even applying, it's just so expensive.
0: So expensive. And also like when you're an IMG, because you have to stand out, getting good grades in the USMLEs alone aren't enough. You like also need to have done so much research to yeah. be able to, and we don't really have, like we have research opportunities, but it's not like we're just publishing papers like left, right and center. And um, I've seen like a breakdown of the applica- like the applicants, and actually a lot of them had another degree. Mm. So like if you have just an MD and you don't have that many research papers, you are in a really weak position as an IMG, especially now that it's pass-fail. So you can't even get an excellent step one score to like distinguish yourself.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's gonna be harder for international medical graduates, definitely. If with this pass-fail, I think it will be harder. Yeah, you can't stand out with just your exam score so you have to do a lot of extra stuff to prove yourself and basically.
0: pay a lot basically and
1: yeah pay a lot so yeah 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 this is I decided that for now I don't feel this need to to do that and uh yeah I I I think I will apply to just other places and in Europe and see how it goes Stay in Europe. I mean, and-
0: becoming fluent in German because I heard Germany is one of the best places to do your residency so like if you're fluent in German that's incredible like you're at such an advantage and you're doing so much extracurricular stuff like yourself I mean I'm not fluent
1: but I will I'm trying to reach the point of being fluent and definitely yes this is my goal for now so now I'm basically working on improving in German and also learning stuff obviously I'm trying to keep up with my studies and try to work on the language simultaneously so this is mainly what I'm occupied with and yeah then I hope that once I have this um reach a good level I can just apply and and start working there and I heard it's very good so um I hope for the best yeah
0: yeah do you know what type of doctor you want to be
1: I'm not sure yet I I'm I don't really know I know I did decide on some things that I don't want to do but uh, I'm not uh, decided I know that for example I don't think I would be a good psychiatrist I don't think uh, I should be a psychiatrist so this I decided not to do also I'm not a big fan of I think neurology is interesting but I don't want to be a neurologist so I I don't yeah I wouldn't do neurosurgery or neurology but uh, yeah we'll see other things Uh, There's so many fields. Also, every time I try to look up some stuff, I find out about new different things. I didn't even know that you can do like uh, nuclear medicine, things like that. There's so many fields. So yeah. What about you?
0: Well, I used to be very dead set on plastic surgery. I remember. Yeah. Super set on it. I still kind of want surgery, but I also didn't expect to find such an interest in content creation. Like, it Mm -hmm. sounds really lame because I only started a few months ago, and obviously, like, it's not really going anywhere. Well, it is going somewhere, but it's not anything big yet. But, like, by doing the podcasts and the streams, and now the vlogging channel, and we started the website, and uh, we're building it, like, me and a few other people from Sapienza are now building an internal tool for Sapienza. And I've started, like, creating this also kind of like a wikipedia but like for medical topics and like i'm working on that in my spare time and like just all of this creating like i realized that i really i'm so sorry about my cat yeah so
1: Mister <laughs>
0: why so is he... he he's constantly screaming at me but um i just realized that like i feel i really like creating things mm-hmm. like i really really like making things and i realized that if i go into a surgical specialty i'm not gonna have time to do any of this
1: yeah probably yeah and you probably won't yeah
0: so now like dare i say it i'm actually considering doing a different specialty just so i would have the time to still work on like like i'm not just saying like be a youtuber or do do a podcast but i mean like actually like working on websites to help medical students. Like, I think I want to go in a direction where I build tools and things to help medical students. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, the, the person, like the Wikipedia, like the best way I can describe it is like, basically like kind of like a free Amboss is basically what I'm working on. So like with every subject that I've been studying for, I've been going into like an incredible amount of detail and like trying to document it and organize it and categorize it like in so many different mm-hmm. ways. And yeah, I, I, I think now I'm considering uh, maybe going into research just so I would have all of that spare time. And people have told me that actually, they think I would be very well suited for research because I tend to get like very obsessive over things. And like, you know, like I sit and I find out something new and I'm like, I must learn everything about this. And then like, I sit for like two weeks and that's like, I, I just watch so many YouTube videos about it and Wikipedia articles and like, you know, um, so. Sounds good. So yeah, PhD, maybe, no? Like
1: this would be interesting. You it's, can just focus uh, on the topic.
0: It's funny actually, because I was helping my friend write her uh, master's thesis, or maybe it was her PhD thesis, on, she was doing it something to do like uh, metabolism. I can't remember, but it's something that I'm an expert in, like with intermittent fasting and stuff, because she did it in this institute in England, but she gifted me this uh, research journal and mm-hmm. she signed it off as saying that like this is my way to bribe you in order to convince you to start a career in research good luck and see you soon and it was basically like a, a thing that they released on uh diet and systemic metabolism and how that's related to cancer and she like she's trying so hard to get me to do a phd with the people who uh like publish this. Um, well. Yeah, well, so published this wow yeah so them she, yes. did, she did a part of her PhD with them or something. I can't remember her relationship exactly to mm-hmm. them. I just know that uh, she was asking for how to, like she was just asking um, certain things and I was helping her with that. But we then started talking a lot about like intermittent fasting and like the biochemical pathways involved. And this was stuff that I was like very intensely personally researching. So I just happened to be like an expert on it. Like not mm-hmm. an expert, but you know, like just from my own self-obsession and since then she's been like please go into research please go into research please go into research and this place that she did it in england actually specializes in research to do with nutrition and fasting and how it's related to cancer and she said that they take like four phd applicants and she thinks like basically she's really trying to push me into a phd there (laughs) um sounds interesting sounds good okay maybe uh, it's, also, it's a career
1: that many, some people do it, though some people just do a PhD after an MD. And uh, it's very interesting. They focus on one thing.
0: I know, but I also want to be a big PP surgeon. <laughs> like, I feel like research is, I won't call it lame, but you know, they're the nerds. Like I, I want to mm. be a big PP surgeon. <laughs> I want to be a cool kid. Yeah.
1: But do you still, I remember you considered uh, dermatology for a while. I know.
0: Yeah, I did. I considered dermatology because at a stage, I was worried that, uh, because I broke my arm really badly mm-hmm. when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I was afraid that that was going to be a problem in like trying to be dexterous for surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was considering dermatology because it would have given me the same freedom of using money made from aesthetic purposes to like uh, funneling it into projects that were uh, nonprofit. That's what it was. That's also why I wanted to do plastic surgery because it's very easy to like just rack up money doing aesthetic stuff. And then you use that money and funnel it into like good causes in like underdeveloped communities that, you know, like uh, asset attack victims doing plastic surgery for them or like cleft lip children. Like I thought that it would give me the perfect opportunity to have a comfortable lifestyle but like still be super altruistic. And so I thought like DERM would be the best non-surgical option to still do that. Mm-hmm. but i don't
1: know man totally you want to do something with surgery You hope, well i did
0: something. i did yeah but now i'm like i will not have time to content create and i want
1: to Derm, on the other hand dermatology does have like i think quite a good lifestyle now so very good just, lifestyle <laughs> in this sense you can kind of do that i think like you could kind of you could do still be a doctor and also do have this free time and use it for content creation
0: i know but i can't do a part-time residency i can do a part-time phd (laughs) yeah
1: that's true that's a good point yeah Yeah.
0: yeah, but i've been also kind of afraid to bring this up with my family because i don't think they would be very supportive (laughs) of the idea of me doing another degree instead of like becoming a real doctor you know like if i told my grandmother i was going to be a researcher she would not understand like like the impact of a researcher for her it's like there's like the real doctors in the hospital and not doctors
1: you mm-hmm. know mhm yeah it's very that's true this yeah also Yeah, I don't know. I know that sometimes you can for a PhD, you can also get some grants or scholarships, but I'm not sure how this works or if it's very common. I don't really know much about it because then if you would, let's say, get a scholarship, then I mean, you don't maybe you would even get like a grant that covers your housing or something. But again, I don't know if it's enough to how it's like the quality of living as a researcher or part time researcher yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if it's like an actual job or is it just like again studying. Un-
0: unless I I get rich on YouTube and then I can research whatever I want. But Yeah, I, I just think that uh, my grandmother would be disappointed that I wasn't a real doctor. <laughs> like <laughs> Okay.
1: I understand. Okay, I hope you get to, you can do a lot on YouTube and you can earn from a lot from that because that would be nice. I mean creation and yeah.
0: We'll we'll That's- see how it goes. I don't know Mm -hmm. I don't know like at the moment like I'm not doing it for the money I'm doing it because I genuinely enjoy it like I told you before we started this recording like I don't think this podcast is going to go anywhere it's just kind of like a fun hour to talk and do Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so it's not like I'm doing anything because I think I'm going to get like rich doing it I enjoy doing it it would just be nice to make enough that I didn't have to worry about finding a job I don't know if that makes sense
1: yeah yeah no totally like the same for me as like um being a doctor like bless you
0: Sorry. <laughs> oh, i'm kind of allergic to the cat so
1: no yeah i yeah i, I also thought of like being a doctor it's i really want to do it because i think it's interesting and i think i can help many people uh, i at least i hope so and uh, i thought that okay i know that sometimes they for example, in Poland, this is a big problem because doctors, especially young doctors, don't earn much. And then people, young people, like, no, people just in general say that young doctors are very greedy because they want to earn more money. But it's like, it's just that you, you study for so long and you really want to go to work and realistically help people and get this rest when you want to rest and not have to work just extra hours to be able to support yourself so you want to have just enough money to kind of live decently and uh, right now the pay is not so good so just the young doctors here are fighting together I mean now it's been it got a bit better they did uh, raise the uh this uh, uh, this um wage a bit but um they still it's not I would say it's not very impressive I would say and I think it's important just to have enough money to kind of do what you like, but also be able to support yourself, you know, not to yeah. like, you know, just to have a decent sort of lifestyle. Yeah, so. That's the
0: thing, like to me, it's it's weird that, okay, like I don't wanna go on a big rant about capitalism, but it's funny how wanting to be comfortable is now seen as like a privileged luxury. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I would yeah. love, to get to a stage where I don't have to add up the groceries in my head as I'm shopping to, do you know what I mean? Or like seeing like three different brands of like cream cheese and seeing which one is like on offer and which one is like cheaper per hundred grams. Like I would love to just be able to go shopping in a nice store and buy whatever I want and go home and cook it and not have to like check my bank account or see if my card is going to get declined. And if mm-hmm. I want to make enough money to be able to do that where i don't have to worry about it like suddenly it's like oh but you should be a doctor because you want to help people and it's like yeah bitch but like also i want to like <laughs> i want to eat well and not care <laughs> like um yeah, i don't know yeah,
1: yeah say no i i hope that um i can kind of have a decent lifestyle like do what i like of course this is very important to me and i kind of want to you know do something that I enjoy but again I don't want to let's say sacrifice everything and don't earn anything and just live (laughs) I don't know have struggle with everything just because I'm doing what this job right so I hope I can get live decently off of that but actually what you said earlier about the research I also like I'm not I don't know if I I'm considering research too but uh, actually, what I mostly would want to do, but this is a long term plan, let's say, at least for now, what I was thinking to do is I would like to teach others. I really enjoy it. I'm doing it for a bit, I do it a, a bit right now uh, because I've been working for this company in Poland and I've been preparing people for the IMAT, some Polish high school students, and I really enjoy it. I really enjoy teaching others. And I thought, okay, maybe at some point later on in my career, I could become a professor because I thought it's so interesting. I really think it's a great thing. You can kind of share your knowledge. And uh, I think it would be something that I really enjoy, but this is a long-term plan. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: No, I, awesome. I, I, I totally get what you, I, I mean, I don't think you necessarily need to go into research for that. Like we have professors okay. who are just surgeons who keep canceling class because they have to go to surgery (laughs) yeah I know I I know
1: that's I don't need to go into research it's true for that because I mean you can just be yeah exactly like you said a surgeon or just a doctor and teach but yeah I mean definitely if you are you if you do have some research it's nice because you can also kind of speak on specific topics more in depth maybe that's why kind of what I thought about but uh, again I know that it's not I can just be a doctor and then later on after some years I could just teach others this would be nice I think
0: yeah no for sure I I totally get it like I didn't think I would enjoy teaching either but on stream like explaining physiology to people and like especially the early days I was Uh, basically explaining what I was learning, like it was basically I was preparing for my oral exams, because whatever I was learning, I was explaining it to people on the breaks. And I really enjoyed it as well. So like, I kind of get what you're what you're talking about, like teaching is kind of enjoyable, like helping people understand things. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I think it's very, yeah, I I like it. I also feel quite like fulfilled by this, like if someone. Yeah, Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I explained it to them. So I liked it. Yeah. It's definitely also, this is again, like a circle. I did like a big circle because now I want to go back to these oral exams. They actually kind of helped me with that because now Mm. I kind of know how to explain these topics, like different topics, different concepts at exams. So now I feel like when I do actually teach others, I know kind of what to, how to, prepare myself and it's easier for me to do these presentations or something or just topics to explain some topics because i think i just need to prepare myself and explain it like i would explain to a five-year-old so yes explain something very simple terms very in-depth i need to be sure also that i understand this topic completely that i'm sure that i know like the things the main concepts and the most important things and just yeah explain it to the other to my students and uh, practice later and uh, yeah hope for they, they understand everything
0: yeah well actually it's good that you brought it full circle because uh, we're basically over an hour now so I also feel like it became it's nice that you tied it up like all together because <laughs> now we can end the episode would you like to plug in your socials for all four of our listeners which is mainly like my, like my mom and two of my friends but why, why don't you plug your socials
1: yes so you can find me on instagram and my username is med.rome i also have a facebook by the same name med.rome but it's basically all the content that i have from uh instagram and uh i have a youtube channel also by the same name i don't oh, post yeah. there yet i only have one yet. video I hope to yes I hope to make some more videos soon
0: I'll make sure to put the channel in the description
1: thank you yes I mainly Instagram Instagram is most active I
0: would say your Instagram is so good as well but I'll end the recording and we can talk about your Instagram but yes thank you so much Carolina for coming on Undoctored Doctors I hope you enjoyed your time (laughs) it was fun well thank you so much for inviting me thank you also
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you Sarah I'm gonna